Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this Sabbath day. We thank you for the privilege that is ours of knowing Jesus personally and being co-laborers with Jesus for the giving of the gospel to the world in this generation. Lord, as we listen to the testimonies of these individuals today, we in advance thank you for what you already have done and we thank you for what you will continue to do in their lives and by God's grace through each one of our lives as we seek to hasten the coming of Jesus. For we pray it in Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to invite up Pastor Rod Thompson. He's gonna bring a couple of friends with him as he comes today from the Mount Pleasant and uh, Midland churches. And these are not only interesting testimonies, but these are baptismal candidates. Can you say amen? Pastor Rod, come and introduce us to who you have with you. Amen. The first uh, person that I'd like you to introduce to you is Trisha Hall. And Trisha, about three years ago, you were living in Midland, mm -hmm. and you were driving to Mount Pleasant five days a week. What were you doing? Um, I was going to Central Michigan University, going to school, um, and I was just commuting, so driving every day, but, uh, about 40 minutes each way, so a lot of time in the car. 40 to, 40 to 50 minutes every day. What were you doing during that time? <laughs> um, well, actually, I had been seeking God. I was a Sunday Christian my whole life, and I was just looking for more of Him, and I stumbled on Strong Tower Radio. Strong Tower Radio. <laughs> and uh, what did you think when you started listening to that? Um, I was a little leery, but every I thought if they, you know, are trying to teach things that aren't the Bible, I'll turn it off, and that never happened. So I just kept it on and thought, well, where can I find a Saturday church? So, yeah, it was... So at that point, you started attending the Midland Church. Yeah, I, go I Googled where can I go to church on Saturday. <laughs> and where have you guys been? I, I <laughs> no, I, I'm so glad to have found this church, and um, it was a blessing right away. Uh, Brenda Cahill, and uh, she greeted me right away, and I knew it was, uh, I was probably home. So, Amen. And as she is coming to the Midland Church back in 2017, then two years ago, we had an Unlock Revelation seminar that the whole state of Michigan was doing, and you came to that. Mm -hmm. I did. And when that was done, you got baptized and became a member of the church. <laughs> um, not right away. Um, it took a while to let go of basically everything that I knew and everyone that I uh, loved and family, you know, you do something one way and just to change, you know, knowing in your heart and acting on it takes a while sometimes. So. so now it's been two years since then, and now today you're ready to be baptized into the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Amen for that. The point that we want to make with this story of Tricia is that this is not something that's uncommon. It's often that we have a, a, an evangelism series and we invite people and we want them to come in and we want them to be baptized and be right into the church right away, don't we? But sometimes it takes a little while. And sometimes there are things that people have to work through and family members that have to be reconciled with and talked to and those sorts of things. And we don't ever want to give up on that, do we? So you may have somebody that you've had come to an evangelism series, and yeah, they didn't make a decision for baptism right away, but don't give up on them. Keep praying for them. Keep working with them. Amen? All right, the next person I want to introduce to you is John Duman. Now, John, you have been in the Seventh-day Adventist Church your entire life. Yes, I have. Um, my folks worked really hard to make sure that we had a good Christian education, um, I graduated from Cedar Lake here. I have a little trouble calling it GLA, but at any rate, um, we got married, my wife and I, and we had kids, and around about that time, we both started slipping away. Now, that was at about what age? Uh, 22, something like that. 22, 23, left home, got married, and started a family, and then life got in the way. Oh, absolutely. Or I let it get in the way, one of the two. And, and how long were you out of the church? Well, it's, uh, it's going to be my 40th high school reunion coming up in October, so almost 40 years. And I'm currently studying about Israel's trip to Canaan 
It's real similar. Now, in case you didn't make a connection with the name, John Duman is the brother of Russ and Tim Duman, a part of the Strong Tower Radio Quartet. And something happened not too long ago with your brothers. What, what was that? Yeah. Um, for their first CD, I took the pictures for the CD, and we were in our second year of taking pictures for their next endeavor. And after we got all done, they said, we have a question for you. And they said, um, would you be our sound man? And it uh, really blew me away. So you were, you were out of the church, but your brothers were reaching out to you at that time. Yes, they were. And then what happened? Um, about that time, my father-in-law's second wife died, and he was in Idaho, so I flew out to bring him back. And uh, instead of the quick fly-out, pack-up, come-back, we um, had to tour a little bit of the country. We had to attend church, which I hadn't done in many years. And then the trip took a whole lot longer coming back. And then when the next Sabbath came, I thought, well, I, I can't just blow him off. I've got to, you know, keep going. It's with his gentle prodding that... Uh, I started going back to church. So that trip that you took, that was something that you were expecting to just get there and get back and be done with that, but it sounds like he was delaying things a little bit. I don't know if he was intentional, but yes. And so there was some spiritual work that was going on Absolutely. at that time, and then what happened? Well, then... Um, I started attending Mount Pleasant Church. My family goes there. And uh, I have to say, if you're looking for God, you need to find a church that's as loving as the one I've found. Amen. So you, you came to the Mount Pleasant Church, and uh, at that time, we at the Mount Pleasant Church were talking about a mission trip to El Salvador, and what happened there? Normally when I get to church, I sit in the back corner and I watch people and welcome them. And this particular morning, I'm sitting in there and I get this image or this thought, you know, you could do the same thing by standing out and looking through the window. Mm. And the pastor, his sermon that week was Two Faithful Spies. And it was all about a mission trip to El Salvador. And I got the V8 slap along the forehead, and I, you know, okay, God, I, I get your point. I'm going on a mission trip. So you were not even a member of the church at that time. You were just coming back, and you felt the call of God to make that mission trip, and he did. And we went and built a couple of churches there in El Salvador, and then we came back, and what happened? Well, the pastor asked me if I was ready yet. And I said, yes, I believe I am. So we started studying together. And uh, I never really thought it was possible to have a friend and a pastor, but I really do. The, the point that I think that we, we hear here in, in John is that, and, and it may not have come out totally, but, but what we're seeing here is that John has been in the church his whole life. He fell away for a while, then he came back, but what happened is all of a sudden, he had a born-again experience. Yes, absolutely. And that's exactly what Elder Bradshaw was talking about this morning when he mentioned those people that may be in the church that have been there their whole lives and are kind of going through the motions, doing everything that's supposed to, and it sounds like that's what was happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so the point that we want to make here is that you may have a family member. You may have a son or a daughter or a mother or father, a brother or sister. You may have a friend, somebody that you, that you see them in the church. Yeah, they're there. They're going through the motions, but you're just wondering, are they truly saved? And the point is that we don't ever want to give up on them. Never give up on them. Keep on praying for them. Keep on working with them. Keep encouraging them. Everything that you can do to bring them to a point where God can get a hold of their heart and tell them you need to go to El Salvador. Absolutely. Or, uh, maybe, maybe to your neighbor next door. Amen? Absolutely. All right. So I have a couple of gifts for each of you. 
Those are, are from the church. And I also, I also have here your baptismal certificates. Trisha, I'm going to give you that one. And uh, John, I'm going to uh, go through the commitment to baptisms with you. Okay. And as you answer those questions, I'd like the audience also to uh, answer those questions as well. So here we go. Do you believe that there is one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a unity of three co-eternal persons? Yes. Yes. <laughs> do you accept the death of Jesus Christ on Calvary as the atoning sacrifice for your sins and believe that through faith in His shed blood that you are saved from sin and its penalty? Yes. Do you renounce the world and its sinful ways and have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, believing that God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven your sins and given you a new heart? Praise yes. God, yes. Do you accept by faith the righteousness of Christ, your intercessor in the heavenly sanctuary, and accept His promise of transforming grace and power to live a loving, Christ-centered life in your home and before the world? Yes. yes. Do you believe that God is, excuse me, do you believe that the Bible is God's inspired word, the only rule of faith and practice for the Christian, and do you covenant to spend time regularly in prayer and Bible study? Yes. yes. Do you accept the Ten Commandments as a transcript of the character of God and a revelation of His will? Is it your purpose by the power of the indwelling Christ to keep this law, including the Fourth Commandment, which requires the observance of the seventh day of the week as the Sabbath of the Lord and the memorial of creation? Yes. Do you look forward to the soon coming of Jesus and the blessed hope when this mortal shall put on immortality? As you prepare to meet the Lord, will you witness to His loving salvation and by life and word help others to be ready for His glorious appearing? Yes. yes. Do you accept the biblical teaching of spiritual gifts and believe that the gift of prophecy is one of the identifying marks of the remnant church? Yes. yes. Do you believe in church organization? Is it your purpose to support the church by tithes and offerings and by personal effort and influence? Yes. yes. Do you believe that, the, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and will you honor God by caring for it, avoiding the use of that which is harmful, abstaining from all unclean foods, from the use, manufacture, or sale of alcoholic beverages, the use, manufacture, or sale of tobacco in any of its forms for human consumption, and from the misuse of or trafficking in narcotics or other drugs? Yes. Yes. Do you accept the New Testament teaching of baptism by immersion and desire to be baptized as a public expression of faith in Christ and His forgiveness of your sins? Yes. Do you know and understand the fundamental Bible principles as taught by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and, and is it your purpose by the grace of God to fulfill His will by ordering your life in harmony with these principles? Yes. Yes. And do you accept the, and believe that the Seventh-day Adventist Church is the remnant church of Bible prophecy and that people of every nation, race, and language are invited and accepted into its fellowship? And do you desire to be a member of this local congregation of the world church? Yes. Amen. Now, John has, is going to be rebaptized today. He's already a member of the Mount Pleasant Church. And Trish... The church has already voted in business session to accept you into membership today pending your baptism. Amen. Thank you. Can we say amen once again? As they head off, we have some more testimonies. They're going to get prepared for baptism. Wes Peppers, you have some friends with you today. Why don't you tell us about it? Thank you, Elder DeVazer. Good afternoon, everyone. Oh, it's put this terrible. Good afternoon. All right. I have with me here Greg and Bill. And if you notice, they're wearing the same what? Their shirt. There's a reason for that. And before we talk about that, uh, Greg, tell me a little bit, where are you a member at? Where's your member, mem church membership? I'm a member here at Cedar Lake. Your membership is at Cedar Lake. But where did you and Bill actually meet? We met at work, Fremont Insurance. That is Fremont, Michigan. All right. So you are a member at Cedar Lake and you drive over to Fremont on a daily basis to work, correct? Correct. And so you guys met at work. How did you guys meet at work? Well, Bill started in late 2016, I think. And uh, Bill's a very friendly person. I 
overheard him talking about his Christian beliefs with people, and so I said, I got to get to know Bill. Amen. All right. So as you guys began to talk, you began to form a friendship. Where did a spiritual connection begin to take place? Well, I've been wanting to start a Bible study at work, and so one evening I had to call Bill for a reason, for work reason, and so I said, here's my opportunity. I'm going to ask Bill if he wants to start a Bible study. I mean, you can say amen. At his workplace, wearing the uniform, and he asked Bill for a Bible study. Go ahead. That is correct. And Bill said, yes, I would like to do that. And it went from there. All right. So, Bill, tell us a little bit about how that went for you. When uh, Greg first asked you for a Bible study, what was your initial thought? It'd be good for me. <laughs> It'd be good for you. All right. So you naturally said yes. Yeah. So you guys began to have that Bible study. Now, what happened as a result? Was it just you going to the Bible study alone with Greg? No, uh, we started asking. I knew a few people that wanted to start one, and I started asking people in our department, and uh, just kept growing from there. So you had upwards of six or seven people actually attending the Bible study, yep. but you said over time those began to some kind of began to fall away, but the seed of truth began to uh, grow in your heart, and what did you find that Christ was beginning to do for you as you continued doing the Bible studies? Well, it kind of convicted me that I needed to uh, have a better relationship with Jesus. Amen. So Jesus began to change your life. He began to speak to your heart, and little by little, you began to give your heart to Him. Now, what happened as a result of those Bible studies in January? Oh, uh, I, I started going to the Fremont uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church and um, was baptized on, on the 22nd, 26th of January. Yeah. I mean, you can say amen. And so, Greg, did you go over and start attending some uh, to church with Bill? I didn't attend there, but I did go for the baptism, and I was very happy. Amen. That I was able Praise to the Lord. So you began to go to church on your own. Have you been plugging into that church family over there? Yes, they, they tell me I have. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. So as you are continuing those Bible studies, are you're also inviting other people at your work to join them. Is, right, is that right? Yes. Amen. I've, so he's not only been baptized, but he's also witnessing and sharing with others. How many can say amen? amen? Now I want to say this, that there are people that I know that I've encountered who have been Seventh-day Adventists for 20, 30, 40 years, maybe even their whole life. And they go to work every day and they have conversations with coworkers every day. And I've had people tell me that I've never invited someone to do a Bible study. I've never had a spiritual conversation with that person. But Greg, the Lord prompted him to ask Bill. Bill responded and Bill began to attend that Bible study. The Lord began to work on his heart, and then he gave his life to the Lord Jesus in baptism. But Bill didn't wait for 20 years before he invited someone else. Amen? He began to invite someone right away. And when Jesus is in the heart, it begins to burn with a desire to share him with others. So not only do they have Fremont, the same Fremont insurance shirts on, but they both have Christ dwelling in their hearts. How I many you can say amen? Thank you guys so much. What an inspiring testimony. We praise the Lord, uh, Greg, for your courage, and Bill, for your willingness to respond to the Lord Jesus. All right. Thank you, guys. How I many you can say amen? All right. We now have Jake and Taylor that are going to join me right up here on the platform, and they also have a very similar story as well, very powerful story. We'll just stay right here, guys. And so, guys, tell me, Jake, tell me a little bit about how you guys first met. We met at work at GE Aviation in Muskegon, Michigan. Amen. All right, so you, she, uh, Taylor was a new employee, and you began, you actually was assigned to her to be her mentor there, and so you guys were training and probably talking about just life things, but where did that spiritual bridge and that spiritual connection begin to happen? We started taking our lunch breaks together. She started taking her lunch breaks with me. And one night she had a sub from Subway that had lots of ham, pepperoni, and salami on it. And she asked if I wanted some, and I said no. Wow. So the spiritual connection began with a ham sandwich. How many can say amen? <laughs> and what was her response when you said no? She persisted because she felt bad for me because I didn't have any uh, lunch that night. 
And she was thinking, man, this guy must, you know, he must be offended at me or something. He must not like me because he doesn't want a piece of my sandwich. But that led to a spiritual conversation. You began to share with her from the Bible why you had that conviction in your heart. He was like Daniel from Daniel chapter 1, amen, when he refused the king's food. And then after several months, you guys were having those spiritual conversations. What did, what had you been meaning to do with Taylor? I should have asked her sooner, but after a couple months of sharing things from the Bible, she said, so when are you going to invite me to your church? Oh, you can say amen. So here's somebody, here's young Taylor, and she's wanting to go to church, and Jake's trying to muster up the courage, and she just says, hey, what are you waiting for? Ask me to church, right? And so that made it pretty easy, yes? Oh, yeah. So what happened from there? What, what, what was the transition then? You came to church. You obviously liked some of the people. What began to happen? Um, so after probably a couple weeks of attending church, I started Bible studies with uh, Pastor Slager and Midori. Um, and started keeping the Sabbath. Uh, that was pretty hard with my family, but mm-hmm. I persisted, and they're much more understanding now. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. It takes time, and now you're being a light to them. But tell me, as you were studying the Bible, Jesus began to become more and more real to you. He began to become a friend. You began to understand who he is and what he's about. How did that impact your life? How did that change you? Um, well, before I came to church, I was more of a conditional Christian, I guess I like to say. So when things went bad, that's when I, when I would talk to God. So after doing studies and going to church, I started to seek a stronger relationship with him. Amen. So do you feel like he is your best friend now? He's, been, he's transformed your heart. Absolutely, yes. Can you tell about the smile on her face? How thrilled she is to know the Lord. Amen. So, Taylor, you know, are you thinking about baptism sometime soon? I was baptized two weeks ago. Amen. So one of the newest members of our worldwide church family. And probably you're just excited to be baptized now and sit in the pew and wait for Jesus to come. Is that right? Yes. Yes. But you're not going to just sit in the pew, right? What are you doing now? Um, so I've actually started sharing literature with a few people at work. Um, and one of my very good friends from high school, she came to camp meeting with me last week. So. Amen. So she's already witnessing and bringing people. Now one more question for Jake. Jake, what would you say to someone here today who may have that coworker or that neighbor or that friend that they're thinking, man, I'd really like to invite them to do some some Bible studies, or I'd like to invite them to church, but I'm nervous about it, what would you say? I was really reluctant to share, but we have nothing within our faith that we should be ashamed to share. God's given us truth, and we should share it, and we should worry, leave the worry to Him to bring it to fruition. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many of you want to be a witness for the Lord today? All right. God bless you. Thank you guys so much. Oh, amen. Wasn't that fantastic? Moral of the story, just ask. How many people are in your circle of influence that you need to ask? Ask for a Bible study. Ask them to come to church. I want you to be thinking about that in this coming week. I'm up here with Stacy Shefka. She and her husband, Steve, are the pastoral team of the Lakes Area and Brighton Churches. She's here with Angela Mays, and she has a powerful testimony to share with us. Amen. Happy Sabbath to you. So, yes, here's Angela Mays. This is a good, dear friend of mine now. And Angela has uh, an amazing story to share with us. Tell us, Angela, a little bit about your religious background, church background growing up. Sure. I have been Pentecostal all my life. My dad's father was a bishop. My mother's father was a bishop. And I've been in the church all my life, since I was five, maybe. And your mother is a minister and your brother is a minister so she comes from a family of ministers right yes yes. so she was no you were no stranger to god and church and all of those things not at all but kind of was drifting a little bit in your religious experience um but then you went through a series of experiences in your life some struggles some trials some losses that drove you to the savior tell us about those okay the first one was the death of my baby at three and a half months old. My husband then, he was so out of it that, and he couldn't believe it, that he went off on drugs. And then after that, um, I've had four car accidents. Two were almost fatal. Um, But 
after all those trials and tribulations, that's just only a few of them. So you've had some health, bad other health challenges. Health, oh, most definitely big mm -hmm. health challenges. But God was good to me. You know, I've always trusted in him. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> that's better. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so all through all these trials you've been through, it did drive you to the Savior. Tell me about one of those um, accidents when you were in the hospital, you were kind of flatlined, they thought you were dying. You had an experience there you'll never forget. Oh, wow, I must tell you this. Um, they said I flatlined three times or died three times. And I could hear the doctor saying, stats, stats, we losing her, we losing her. And I said, no, I'm not. You're not losing me. Here I am. I was looking at the doctor and said, no, you're not. And I was looking down. Then all of a sudden, I looked up. There was a man in my room. And I looked at him. I said, Jesus, I know it. It's got to be you. I know it's you, Lord Jesus. I'm not ready to die. Don't let me die. If you don't let me die this time, I promise you I'm going to tell as many people as I can about you every single day. And I have been doing just that. Amen. Gladly. In 2017, you received a handbill in the mail about Unlock Revelation. You'd actually been seeing some billboards around town, right? Mm -hmm. Everywhere. Mm -hmm. You're like, what's oh, yes. this all about? And so you came to the Lakes Area Church, and Elder Snayman was there preaching. Tell me what you, that experience was like. What did you learn there, and how did that, um, how did that relate to you? How did you feel about that? Well, like, I, like she was saying, all my life I was learning about the Bible. So when I saw the billboard saying uh, revelations, revelations, I'm thinking, what is this about revelations that's all around on the billboards? I must go. And so I did go to the revelations chapter. And um, pa uh, Pastor Royce Snayman was there. And he preached and taught so well that he captured my my uh, my um thoughts and attention and i kept going kept going and learning more and learning more and i've never looked back since then that's right and when those meetings ended we started some bible studies together we started going through the little booklet fundamentals of faith and started reviewing some of those teachings of the seventh Adventist church you were very excited about being baptized you wanted to be baptized very much but there were a few areas that you struggled with as we were preparing for baptism. One of those I remember was paying tithe, but you finally got through that one. Mm -hmm. But there was one that was your hardest struggle to let go of in preparing for baptism. What was that? Departing from wearing jewelry. <laughs> I have a jewelry drawer as tall as this, <laughs> and the top has the, the gold jewelry. The side, one side has silver jewelry. The other side has black jewelry. One drawer has blue jewelry. The other one has, I mean, all the colors in the, you can think of in the rainbow. And it was so hard to give that up. But then God spoke to me. And we were studying so much. And when she would leave, I would study more about the jewelry because I never heard of not wearing jewelry. So I kept going, kept going through, ah, I'm not supposed to be wearing this jewelry. So I decided to give all my jewelry, some of my neighbors, some of my daughters, some of my, my, my just everyone, anybody who wanted the jewelry. And I can't wait to give the jewelry box away, okay? Because I don't want it to tempt me. So I want to get rid of it. You told me that you did this for one main reason. You wanted to please. Jesus. Amen. 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 On May 5th, you were baptized into the Lakes Area Seventh Adventist Church. Yes. You had a lot of family and friends. That your mother was a pastor, your brother's a pastor, and all these people who came. Some of them thought you were a little crazy when you were making all these changes in your life. Mm -hmm. But they were there. Your daughter was there. She's been coming to church. She's here at camp meeting with she, you today. She's yes, probably she right there. <laughs> And her life is being changed because she's seen a difference in your life. Amen? Mm -hmm. Amen. In closing, just tell me what it means to you to be a disciple of Jesus and sharing him with everyone you can. It means so very much. Amen. Every day, every night, every minute I get a chance to tell someone on the elevator at the grocery store to give out my pamphlets or the glow traps. The glow traps um, I have to give it to someone. I have to say, hi, how are you? Do you know Jesus? And, and, and if they come to me, oh, yes, I know. You, would you mind if I give you a track that might help you? Oh, thank you very much. And it's been such a pleasure 
to do that. And I wish I could just do it every second of my life to tell somebody how good God is and how he suffered for us and how he's made. I'm so happy, despite my almost losing my life, despite my leg almost being amputated, despite my baby dying, despite my divorce from my husband, despite any obstacles that came in my life, my trials and tribulations is what I call it, I am so happy in the church Seventh-day Adventist has made me be happy, Amen. very happy. Thank you so much for sharing. Amen. Sister Angela, we are so glad to have you part of the family. Amen, brothers and sisters. Now, we have another. I think we're ready for a baptism over here. I want to have you direct your attention for our first baptism today. It has been such a, a joy and a privilege to see this journey that you have been on. Even as a little girl, as the Lord was working through your life and, and you were in the Baptist church, you were leading your family into church and into your faith, and anyone who, I believe very strongly, anyone who truly is seeking and loving the truth that the Lord is going to lead them to the remnant church, amen? amen? And so I'm excited to be able to be here with you today and to baptize you, but let's pray. Loving Father, I want to thank you for the journey that you have had Trish on, and Lord, it has been exciting for me to be a part of that and to see the work that you have been doing. And Lord, our desire and our prayer is that you would lead her all the way to heaven, that Lord, you would continue the work and finish the work that you have begun in her and bring it to completion. And we pray and ask in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Trish, it is my joy and my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And all God's people said? Amen. amen and amen. I, I don't know about you, but I love a good testimony, right? And we have many more to go. In fact, we have Pastor Christian Hoday and his friend Heather here. Christian, why don't you come forward or, uh, in fact, stand right there and step forward and you can introduce your friend Heather and the story that she, uh, she's here to tell for us today. Amen. Thank you. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Well, isn't it such a powerful blessing to see someone baptized? As pastors, we have the privilege of being able to do that, but all of us have the opportunity to lead someone to baptism, and I hope that each one of you have that opportunity. Heather here was baptized just short of a year ago at the Fenton Church. And so we're going to share how she came to that point just a little bit. First, Heather, just start us, give us just a brief summary of kind of your religious background before we were introduced to each other. Okay. Um, I grew up in a Lutheran household. My parents were Lutheran, my grandparents. Um, and so um, we went to church every Sunday. Um, I went to Sunday school. I mean, that's what I grew up with. Up until 90, 94, I, was, I would still consider myself a, at least a Christian. I came back uh, home um, after living away from home for four years. Um, I still went to church with my family, at least up until the time my dad passed away in 99. And then I pretty much said, I don't want to go to church anymore. I didn't feel comfortable. It didn't, it didn't fill me. And so my sister had already had pulled away from going to church, and she got me into the pagan religions of Wicca. I didn't delve in too deep, but I did get in there kind of, you know, with the tarot cards and all that. I, um, but even then... It didn't necessarily fulfill me. I mean, it didn't fill the void that I thought it would. Um, so I, you know, internet was coming into, you know, doing stuff. And so I was Googling up different, you know, Bible studies, looking into God, you know, and stuff like that on my own. I didn't go to church or anything like that. I guess you would, could say my pagan guru, when, she, when I told her that I was going back and looking up uh, Bible study, she said, don't go all the way back. Mm. Um, and that's, 
I mean, I'm sorry, I was like, okay, you know, I was still, you know, doing the tarot and all that, but she's, I mean, that's still stuck with me, and, and that's kind of, you know, where I got back into, at least looking into God again, and going on my own to find who he is. So you looking, browsing on the internet, you came across something having to do with your search in regard to Bible studies. Can anyone guess what that might have been? BibleStudyOffer.com. So she signed up there with BibleStudyOffer.com. And at the time, the Fenton Church was in transition without a pastor, and there weren't many members that that were familiar with how to kind of go with the BibleStudyOffer.com. And so there was a time where the conference was actually mailing lessons to you, and you were just doing them correspondence like that. But then somewhere along the way, a couple of the members did come to your house. Yes, they did. They gave you a gift, a book. I think it was Steps to Christ. They didn't even give me a book. They did bring me a couple Bible studies, but I was still uncomfortable having somebody come into the house and help me, helping me with the Bible studies. So you continued to just do them correspondence. Conference was sending them to you. And so then I moved in. I transitioned and became the pastor and started to look through the, the contact list of the church and noticed that this was an individual that was receiving these Bible studies via correspondence. So it took a number of tries, going to your home, trying to find you. And then finally, I found you home. Yes. And this is a good part of the story that's a testimony to how God works, even despite our mistakes, even pastoral mistakes. Between the car and the door, I forgot her name. I had all the records there on the seat of my car, and I came to her door, introduced myself and who I was, what I was doing, and I said, is there a Helen here? I, I think it was Helen, yes. And I'm like, no. And I said, <laughs> okay, and Ellen? Nope. Maybe said Ellen first and Helen, got the H the next time. And then she said, I said, well, what's your name? <laughs> and she said, well, I'm no. Heather. I said, Heather, that's <laughs> it. And so anyway, once we got that straightened yeah. out, we went through, and she actually thought through the correspondence, she got halfway through the series and thought it was complete. And so I expressed to her that it actually wasn't complete, and if she would be willing to continue the rest of it, sit down, one-on-one Bible say, which you responded. I responded, yes. By that time, I was, I was ready to have somebody come into the house. So I grabbed another young lady, another recently baptized member of the Fenton Church, and we began studying the Bible together week by week for about three months. And then what happened? Well, in in three months, um, well, kind of camp meeting. Camp meeting was my first time even going to a Seventh-day church. Last Uh, year. Last year. Um. Before I even was baptized, before I even got baptized, I was already doing the discipleship handbook. I had already been handing out literature. I was already involved in the church before I actually became a member of the church. Amen. So you were baptized last July. Yes. And you have been distributing literature. You've been going to Camp Asable for trainings. You are sharing Bible studies with your mother. Mm-hmm. If I can. can. You've gone through the discipleship handbook, and here you're at camp meeting again for your second year. Second year, and this time I was able to be here for the whole week, so I was able to enjoy everything. And we've got Jesus on Prophecy coming up. Are you doing anything for that? Yes, I'm part of the the main team, so I'm the the prayer coordinator for Bible on Jesus on Prophecy. also, other things, I'm also on the board uh, for the communicating director or secretary. Um, I go to Sabbath school every, every Saturday and prayer meeting. I do supper club. And in between, I do try to hand out more literature as well. <laughs> so basically, anytime there is a church activity or event, you're there. I'm there. I'm there. Yes. And this coming up, Thursday, we have our next supper club. Yes. And are you going to be involved in that at all? Yes. I'm also, I'm one of the cooks for the supper club, but I'm also going to be presenting at the supper club. I'm doing a a canning um, seminar. So praise the Lord. We are just so thankful to have Heather with us at the Fenton Church. And as we conclude our time here, 
anything you want to say to just say what this first year of being a Seventh-day Adventist Christian means to you and what your experience is like now? I think the most thing I would say is that I finally found a home. Amen. Because um, of all the other churches I've ever been to, I, I was there, but I wasn't, it didn't necessarily feel comfortable. You didn't feel like everybody knew you walking into church and everybody's hugging and saying welcome and you go to other churches and you're just like, well, okay, whoa, it's, they ignore you. So it's nice to find a home. Amen. 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 Can you all say people, can you say amen for what God is doing? And I tell you something, I love all people, of course, but there's something I particularly love about brand new converted people, right? They want to share their faith. They're excited for the Lord and praise the Lord. We're ready to witness another recommitment in baptism here. Pastor Thompson, ready to baptize. Go ahead. John, your story is probably one that resonates with a lot of people here. We, we recognize and realize that there are tares and wheats in the church, but what we often forget is that those wheats are maturing at different speeds and different times and places. And what a joy and a privilege for me to be in a place where I could see that, that connection, that click, that born-again experience. I remember that day very clearly. Uh, I remember you like a, a kid in a candy store. And what a joy and privilege it's been to, to watch you and see how the Lord has been leading as we went on a mission trip, as you were, we're already talking about the next one. In fact, uh, John and I are leaving in two weeks to go back to El Salvador to look for another church that we can sponsor and uh, help them to build. And so I'm excited about that. But it is my joy and privilege to pray with you and to baptize you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I just thank you for John and all that you have been doing in his heart and in his life. And thank you for the privilege of being able to watch that happen and see how you are working on him. And our prayer, of course, Lord, is that you would continue that work and that, Lord, you would bless him along the journey. Give him the joy of the Lord. Put a song in his heart, a spring in his step as he works for you, especially over there at Strong Tower Radio and uh, being a part of that organization and the blessing of, of being able to get that word out across our whole state. And so we thank you for that and we pray that, that you would uh, not only give him the joy of the Lord, but you would glorify yourself through him. And we pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. John, it is my joy and my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm here with Brother Tom Azure and Pastor Sean Brizendine. And Tom, representing, of course, Strong Tire Radio. And Tom, you have a few things that you'd like to share here and a couple testimonies. So why don't you go ahead? Absolutely. Strong Tower Radio is soul winning. Amen. In your hand, you have the map of Strong Tower Radio's coverage. It covers half the state of Michigan. It is our goal to reach all of Michigan. Strong Tower Radio opens doors. Just a few days ago, the youth rush young man went to a woman in Grand Rapids house. She did not want his books. He, in desperation, he said, Strong Tower Radio. Immediately, her, her face lit up, and she says, I listen to that. My kids listen to it on our way to school. They love that story. And on the way home, I listen to Doug Batchelor. She said, what is your books? She bought the book of salvation, story of salvation, and uh, she gave a donation. Pastor uh, Charles Brooks is a Lake Region pastor. He had a half an hour before prayer meeting. He, uh, he took the Strong Tower Radio survey, and he went to three houses. How many houses? Three houses. He got three Bible studies. Finally, the last thing is the um, last camp meeting, Dan Jr. came to the Strong Tower Radio booth. 
He said, we came back to the, to, to the church because of Strong Tower Radio. And then he said, we're here to stay. Amen. Amen. Pastor Sean's going to share with us also a testimony. Yes, this is a testimony about Strong Tower Radio and discipleship, because it's not just about a person coming to Christ, but growing in Christ. I had the privilege of baptizing Dan into the Bessemer Christ Community Church of Seventh-day Adventists uh, in 2016, and where he works, he was sharing about how he used to listen to all kinds of different types of radio programs, but his employer allows him to have one earphone in one of his ears, and so he listens to Strong Tower pretty much all the day while he's working. And it's helped him to really grow in his discipleship. He's becoming active as a deacon now in the church, and it's just incredible to see him growing. And so I really believe that Strong Tower Radio is not just about someone coming to the Lord, but growing strong in God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Pastor. How many of you are so thankful for Strong Tower? Are you telling others about it? Are you sharing? Amen. Jelaine, you have a story yes. with Rick. Thank you guys so much. You can stand right over here. We're going to let Jelaine okay. be up front here. Why don't you okay. just step right up here? I have with me Rick Price. He's a Native American. And Rick, you had gotten disgusted with churches. Why was that? Oh, you couldn't, uh, no matter what uh, Bible study I went to, being born in a church and studying everything, I, they couldn't get the state of the dead right, which is it? You know what I mean? You know, you're, you're in purgatory, you go straight to heaven, you go straight. You know, there's just, uh, when you study and you're really serious about it, when you find things that aren't true and you find things that are upside down, you can get disgusted. And uh, I found Strong Tire Radio on there and I was listening to it and I said, well, you know what? This uh, sounds a little more, you know, this is believable. Let's, let's find out about this. So he moved to Grayling in 2015. That's how he found Strong Tower Radio. And you heard a sermon. And what, how did that sermon affect you? Oh, pretty good, you know, because I realized I could be uh, accepted because there was a guy in the church there who became an, uh, a leader in there, and he had some problems with tobacco and a few other things, but they let him in there like that, and uh, he became uh, a really uh, good uh, person in the church, and is now one of the leaders, and... Uh, They'll, they'll accept you. They let me know they accept you the way you come in, you know. So he thought he would check out the Grayling Seventh-day Adventist Church. The first day you went there, that first Sabbath, what happened? Oh, met some great people. I was really blessed. Uh, we had a, a pastor at the time, and the uh, pastor and his family uh, took me under their wing. Uh, my son and I invited us to their home. They invited us for uh, family dinners and gave us Bible studies, and uh, you know, it was just a really uh, honest and refreshing and truthful atmosphere to be in after all this time. Rick claimed the power of God and gave up nicotine and caffeine, and he is, was baptized into, yeah. so he, he lives in Grayling, but yeah, so he's a member of the Gaylord Church. And you know, the, the labors are few, but the harvest is rich. In Strong Tower Radio, that's what we're all about is evangelism so that people can walk into your churches. Amen. Are we not blessed in Michigan to have Strong Tower Radio, to have Bible Study Offer, to have conference-wide evangelism on a regular basis? We have all these tools to make it easy, but that does not replace each one of you being able and willing to tell others about Christ. Amen? We have tools, but they don't do any good if they're just sitting on the shelf. So take them and use them. Amen. Come by the Strong Tower Radio booth and pick up some uh, promo cards to pass out. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Okay, can you say amen to that? I want to tell you uh, how blessed you are, in case you didn't realize it, to be in the Michigan Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. This conference is dedicated to soul-winning and evangelism. And I, I, I think that sometimes, I know for even myself, when I'm involved in evangelistic endeavors, I don't always see the results that I want to see as fast as I want to see them. And this week, we were talking about growth and growth potential in our churches in our Emmanuel session, and I've met many interesting individuals and heard some great stories, but Zach's story really impressed me. So I want to share with you a little bit about Zach and have him share a little bit of his journey. Um, he's not here from Michigan, but he came here to the Michigan camp meeting, and he's going to tell you a little bit about that. Zach, your mom's a Presbyterian pastor. You grew up in the evangelical church, and in your teens, you, you fell away and then later on in college, you majored in what? History. 
And how did that tie? Now, you had, there's a journey that brought you here to Michigan, and that history teacher thing ties in a little bit. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, I was really interested in wars and their causes, and um, why people were so caught up in, uh, especially the Middle East and the Palestinians and the Israelis and that sort of thing, and I wanted to understand what was the point behind all that? Why was everybody so uptight about that? And uh, I was told by, like you said, my mother, to study the covenants and study the prophecies in the Bible, and you'll figure it out. And, and you said the, you just, the gist you got from that is she really didn't have an answer. You didn't right. get a lot of answers about those types of things. Straightforward. Right. So, I, so I was going to have to do a lot of studying. And I was used to that in history, studying history. You have to read everything and find out what's the truth, you know. Until so you got online and you found a sermon. Yeah, uh, uh, from an old even, uh, evangelistic series. Uh, the sermon title was, Who is Real Israel? And uh, this was after a long, I, I must have sifted through a lot of wrong ideas about prophecy that uh, I knew wasn't right, and I, and I was about to give up and found this one on an internet forum, like, you know, one of the dark corners of the internet, somebody, some Adventist <laughs> posted this, you know, link. Sermon by Pastor David Ashrick on right. is yeah, re- was, real, who is real Israel. Yeah, filmed in, like, around Detroit or something like that, and uh, so... Uh, I watched watched that about 20 times, and then that was number 23 of 25 or something like that. So I said, well, I'll go back to one out of 25 Amen. and watch the rest of them. Now, it was interesting, as I was talking to Zach, he told me that he had a nickname in college. What was your nickname? Well, Delvin, because I was going to Delvin, del- because delve into the bottom of everything. said your teachers, the professors would often say... Well, we're not going to delve into that right now, and I was going <laughs> to go home, and I was going to so dig into So he decided he was going to delve yeah. in. And you delved into this thing, and you went yeah. back to number one in this, and you saw this series. And what was the impact? Well, um, I, before that, I just understood religion was just based on faith. You just had to just blind faith, just take it for what it was, and just kind of trust it. And, you know, uh, Jesus said, I tell you before, so when it comes to pass, you will believe. And so prophecy was what really stuck with me. I said, wow, he's predicting the future, and he's going out on the limb and saying, if I tell you something, it's to prove, like, you know, in Isaiah 46, you know, uh, I'll tell you the end from the beginning. Who else can do this out of all the other gods and religions? So, so it was the prophecies that gripped you right. and really made the Lord real to you. Yes. Come on, folks. Amen. So. Let's not forget that. Now, it's interesting, as we were talking together, one of the things you shared with me, when, is this, this, this is kind of your first camp meeting in Michigan, right? Oh, it's definitely my first camp meeting. Physically. Yeah. But what did you tell me just even a few moments ago? This is actually your third camp meeting because you've been... <laughs> yeah, I listen, I listen to the recordings, and so it's, it's like I've been here the past three years, and that's why I drove up here ten and a half hours. You've been on to, Audioverse listening to everything yeah. we do here for the I wanted, last... I want to see what it was like. I've never, I've never been in a church <laughs> building with more than like 30, 40 people, so... Today was really special, and last Sabbath, all this whole thing was really special. So I appreciate everybody that came. Absolutely. Now, in the, in the course of this, there's so many things that we, we have to leave out for sake of time, but you had a friend of yours then who began to study, and he was getting on the Internet just like you had, and incidentally, you had said, I don't know if you brought this up, he'd studied for two years on the Internet. Now, when you're studying and looking, once you saw this series by David Ashrick... Before I ever came to a church. Yes. Yeah. And once you saw the series by David Asherick and you found out this is Seventh-day Adventist, what you did is you began to study Seventh-day Adventist on the Internet. Now, you know what happens there, and you filtered through some stuff for yeah, two that's years. that's why it took two years. That's why it took two years. And so, and so there's a lot of garbage out there, and so I, and so I, know, I, I know how to help somebody when they're finding out all weird stuff. And, and so, um, yeah, so he, he was studying. He was red hot, and he wanted to know, every, know everything all at one time. And so we went through one Bible study, and then... Two hours later, he says, uh, hey, what about this video and that video? Do you know that this is this and that's that? And I was like, oh, no. And so I sent him a link to an Unlock Revelation series, you know, the first video. I said, in your free time, and we're not studying, watch this. And now I'll meet with you tomorrow, and we'll have lesson two. And then, so we just studied for three hours a day, every day of the week. <laughs> and then when he wasn't studying, I said, watch these, and that'll keep, that'll get you keep you, you know, and I, just, just hang in there, you know. Now, you said you were baptized in the Seventh-day Adventist Church in... 2015. 2015. This is your first camp meeting. He's helped this other friend of his. In fact, you were giving Bible studies to somebody right here at this camp meeting. That's true. So one of the things you said to me, and I want to leave them with, is 
you know, with, between you and this other friend now studying, and there's, there's something in common with that first series you saw in Troy, Michigan, and then the audio verse stuff you've been listening to, right. and then the Unlock Revelation, and, and what was that? Well, we need, we need it's, well, it's just Michigan, it's, it's all from Michigan, basically. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's why I came up here, and so you're doing good things, and, and I want to encourage everybody to, to get involved in all these things that's going on in your conference, because it's going to be an example to other conferences, you know, Amen. I mean, and so I want to get that kind of stuff, that same spirit y'all for evangelism that y'all have up here where I am, so I don't have to drive ten and a half hours to a camp meeting. You know what I mean? So he's taking a lot of our materials back down to Tennessee. But you had said that you and then this friend of yours who said we wouldn't be in the Adventist Church if it weren't for for Michigan Conference. the Michigan Conference. So, so you know, sometimes we don't see the results we want to see right away, but but the work we're doing isn't just impacting things here. And it took our dear brother here two years, and there are other people we're witnessing to now. Yeah. Don't give up hope. But beyond here, the Lord is using what we're doing and your generosity and your self-sacrificing spirit to win souls across this country and across the world. Amen. Pastor Cameron. I don't know about the rest of you, but I have been right thrilled on. to hear these testimonies. I praise the Lord for the way the Holy Spirit works, the power of His Word. By the way, evangelism still works, amen? Bible study offer still works, amen? And we're going to leave here with glow tracks in hand, with Bible study offer cards to give. We're going to invite people to Jesus on prophecy. We're going to invite people to prayer meeting and a Sabbath school and all these things because, as, as Wes said, they're just tools, but we're supposed to be the laborers, right? And we want to leave here trained and equipped. In fact, I want to invite anybody who's been on the platform today to come on up and join us we're going to sing a song all together. We're going to come up here together. We have some new baptismal, not our candidates anymore. They're new members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church today. We have some recent members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. We have pastors in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And we got members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church all in this audience today. And we're so thrilled to be part of the family of God that we don't, this is just the first fruits, right? This is just a sample of the great work that the Lord wants to do for us. Let us pray together. Father in heaven. What a joy it has been here to celebrate these wonderful testimonies and welcome in these newest family members to our global, worldwide Seventh-day Adventist Church, your remnant church of Bible prophecy, your final movement to carry this everlasting gospel to all the world. I want to just pray, Lord, that you would have a give a special blessing to each one who has been on this platform as they continue to grow in you and continue to share your word with others and Father, we want to pray that you would use each one here. Lord, next year we want to have so many testimonies that we have to have a whole day of soul winning hour. We want a soul winning day. We don't want just a soul winning hour. And Lord, we know that throughout all eternity we will share those testimonies and we will be able to just tell all the details of how you have worked in each one of our lives. So bless each one here today. Put a burning conviction in our hearts to share with our neighbors, with our coworkers, with our family and our friends, Lord, that Jesus is coming soon and he's done a wonderful, wonderful work for each of us upon the cross that is interceding for us now in the heavenly sanctuary and he's soon to come as a conquering king. And Lord, we want us to pray especially for each local church that they would be a soul-winning lighthouse in their community that they would do service projects, that they would do Bible studies, that they would do public evangelism, all types of the elements of the growth cycle. And Lord, we want to lift up Strong Tower Radio for that Detroit station, that you would, Lord, move upon the hearts of the saints and move upon the pocketbooks of your people to give sacrificially, to give in a way like they've never given before for your work to go forward in all of its phases. And Lord, we praise you because we can sense that you are pouring out your spirit upon this camp meeting and upon this conference. And Lord, we want your blessing. We dare not attempt any work without it. So bless us, we pray. And let Jesus be glorified. Let that fourth angel come down from heaven and light the earth with your glory because of the work that you are doing through your people. And we praise you and we thank you. We offer this prayer, Lord, with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, that all God's people say, Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse. 
a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.